Does this mean we pull it from the garden and toss it immediately into the compost pile? No. We bring that baby in, we cut off any damaged area, and we fix us a salad. Hey, I'm Karen, and together with my husband, I spent over a decade researching and learning and building our small farm through lots of trial and error, successes and failures. I went back to school to get my degree in horticulture to help our farm business, and now I want to pass all that knowledge on to you. Because I firmly believe that self-reliance is empowering, and that everyone, whether you've got a five-acre plot in the country, a half-acre lot in suburbia, or a windowless room in a downtown apartment, should just grow something. Hello, my gardening friends, and welcome back to the Just Grow Something podcast. This is episode 17, and we're talking food waste and ugly produce. So food issues in general are important to me, and there are so many different topics that I can discuss, whether it's food deserts or lack of access to nutrient-dense foods or the distance our food travels to get to our plate. They're all important discussions, and each one will certainly have its day on this podcast. The one I want to tackle today has to do with food waste and the perception that ugly produce somehow gets wasted in this country before it reaches consumers. And to talk a little bit about the companies who are taking advantage of that perception to sell you boxes of this ugly produce. So let's be really clear. Global hunger isn't about a lack of food. Okay, right now, and this is according to the UN's World Food Hunger Program, the world produces enough food to feed every single person on this planet. It's not a lack of food production. In most of the world, it's about logistics. According to the Post-Harvest Educational Foundation, over 40% of the food farmers in impoverished nations produce is never consumed because it's lost during the harvest, during post-harvest handling, in storage, or on its way from the farms to the markets. The Rockefeller Foundation Africa estimates that in sub-Saharan Africa, 50% of fruits and vegetables are lost and 40% of roots and tubers. And the UN's Food and Agricultural Organization estimates similar levels of those losses in developing countries in Asia. So in these countries, it's about a lack of access to education about proper food handling and storage and about how to safely transport their goods to their destination without them being ruined along the way. It's not that they're necessarily not producing enough food. It's just not getting where it needs to be. That being said, billions of pounds of fruits and vegetables go to waste every year post-harvest in the more developed countries like us in the U.S., uh, whether that's on grocery store shelves or in our own homes. So in 2010, now, Mind you, that's 2010, that's 11 years ago, food loss and waste at retail and consumer levels was 31% of the food supply. That's 133 billion pounds. And this is because, well, for a lot of reasons. I mean, foods that are close to their, quote, best before date um, are often thrown away. Large quantities of perfectly good food um, is either just gone unused or it's left over and thrown away from either our household kitchens or from restaurants. 
The FAO says that reversing this would actually preserve enough food to feed 2 billion people. That's more than twice the number of people who are underfed across the entire world right now. That is a staggering amount of food being wasted after it's already gotten to us. Part of the perception of food waste also comes from the stringent standards that farms have to follow when they're grading their produce after harvest. Any fresh produce that deviates from what's considered optimal, for example, like shape or size or color or blemishes, it's removed from the supply chain during their sorting. I'm going to give you a really good example of what I mean. I'm going to read you verbatim exactly what a number one grade tomato, right? That's a top notch, just like it sounds, number one is the best quality um, grocery store grade tomato is supposed to look like. And this is according to the USDA Grades and Standards Guide. So a U.S. number one consists of tomatoes which meet the following requirements. The basic requirements are similar varietal characteristics, mature, not overripe or soft, clean, well-developed, fairly well-formed, and fairly smooth, and be free from decay, freezing injury, and sun scald, and not damaged by any other cause. Okay, so that sounds fairly straightforward until you dive into the definitions for each one of those things. So similar varietal characteristics, right? This means that the tomatoes are alike as to firmness of flesh and shade of color. So soft-fleshed early maturing varieties aren't mixed with firm-fleshed mid-season or late varieties, or bright red varieties aren't mixed with varieties that are having a purplish tinge to them. No mixing. Okay. Uh, mature means that the tomato has reached the stage of development which will ensure a proper completion of the ripening process and that the contents of two or more seed cavities have developed a jelly-like consistency and the seeds are well developed. Now, how on earth are you supposed to figure that out unless you're cutting open the tomatoes? I digress. Soft means that the tomato yields readily to slight pressure. Okay, I can get that. You're not squeezing every tomato, but all right. Clean means the tomato is practically free from dirt or other foreign material. All right, fine. It's been cleaned. It's been washed. Well-developed means that the tomato shows normal growth. Tomatoes which are ridged and peaked at the stem end contain dry tissue and usually contain open spaces below the level of the stem scar are not considered well-developed. Okay. Fairly well-formed means that the tomato is not more than moderately kidney-shaped, lopsided, elongated, angular, or otherwise moderately deformed. Fairly smooth means that it's not conspicuously ridged or rough. <laughs> and here's my favorite, damage. Damage means any specific defect, which includes cuts or broken skin, puffiness, scars, growth marks, any sort of hail damage or insect damage or an equally objectionable variation of any one of these defects, any other defect, any combination of defects, which materially detracts from the appearance or the edible or marketing quality of the tomato. 
Okay, let's focus on that last one for a minute. Anyone who has gardened or grown even just one item of their own food knows that any produce item is never going to look exactly the same each time. There are bound to be blemishes and a bug bite or a bruise or a weird shape or whatever. Does this mean we pull it from the garden and toss it immediately into the compost pile? No. We bring that baby in, we cut off any damaged area, and we fix us a salad. So ugly produce has always been a thing. Produce is not perfect. It never has been. So now we have companies buying this not so perfect produce that doesn't meet the number one grading standards and boxing it up and shipping it to people's doors under the guise that they're rescuing these foods from going to waste. But where was it going before? This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. There's not much better than looking out first thing on a sunny morning, gazing at my garden beds over a hot cup of coffee. As U.S. Marines, my husband and I drank a lot of coffee. As farmers, well, let's just say we should probably drink more water. The coffee we drink these days still has a military tie. We have freshly roasted coffee shipped to us every few weeks from Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle is a veteran-owned business, just like ours, but they serve up premium coffee and ship it around the world. When you join their coffee club, your chosen brew is roasted, packaged, and shipped free to your door on whatever schedule you choose. And with every purchase, they're giving back to military veterans and active duty, law enforcement, and first responders. Ready to check them out? Go to justgrowsomethingpodcast.com slash coffee to save 20% when you join the Black Rifle Coffee Club. No commitments. Cancel anytime. That's justgrowsomethingpodcast.com slash coffee for 20% off your coffee club subscription. The way the food system mainly used to deal with that ugly produce was, well, a lot of different ways. The lower grade items were sold in bulk to institutions, so schools or hospitals or prisons. It got chopped up anyway, so nobody cared what it looked like beforehand. Same for restaurant sales. If it's a number two grade item, it can easily be cooked up and served. No harm, no foul. Nobody knows what it looked like to begin with. And discount grocers, like Aldi, specialize in buying number two produce and reselling it for less as a way for consumers to have access to less expensive but equally fresh produce. So the lesser grade three stuff, that was canned or frozen, usually literally just hours after being pulled from the field. And that really ugly stuff, well, that became animal feed. That's not really waste as far as I'm concerned. And then at the end of the harvest, whatever couldn't be gleaned from the fields by gleaner organizations that volunteer to pick the remaining produce and then bring it to food pantries and other charitable organizations, well, what's left is turned over or turned under in the field. Well, as gardeners, we know what that does, right? You're adding nutrients and biomass back into the soil, which only benefits the soil and then starts the cycle all over again. So what's changed? Why do we need these companies rescuing ugly produce all of a sudden? Uh, unpopular opinion? I don't think we do. I 100% think it's a marketing ploy. So we've already established that most waste happens after it hits the store shelves. 
So it, maybe it doesn't sell quickly enough and it goes bad or after it gets home and we've either overpurchased or we haven't gotten to it or we've cooked too much or whatever, it goes into the compost or the trash. Now, there is someone else who has a different opinion altogether from what I'm saying. Uh, her name is Dr. Sarah Tabor. She's a crop scientist. She has worked on farms in the past. Um, she's an industrial safety professional. She's a consultant to the ag industry. Um, she had a podcast called Farm to Tabor. Now she co-hosts a podcast called Story Soil. What she's really known for is rage tweeting about uh, the ag industry and the food culture. And she has a whole different take on why these companies even exist. She says it's the sustainable food movement. So in an interview that she did with Vox a couple years ago, she said, and I'm quoting, they, the sustainable food movement, came around and said, everyone needs to eat more fresh produce and should know where their food comes from. This has turned into an expression of a cultural crisis. It's created anxiety. People now panic if they don't know where their food comes from. And the constant messaging about how you should be reinforces the anxiety. Anytime people are having these anxieties, marketers take advantage of it. But the market-based solutions that marketing endorses don't fix the root cause, end quote. Now, do I think the sustainable food movement is the cause of this? No, I don't. I see nothing wrong with knowing where your food comes from and how it was produced and choosing to do business with those farms or those companies that align with your values. I do think, though, that market-based solutions don't fix the root cause of food waste and overarchingly the, the, the problem of food inequality in this country. I do agree with Dr. Tabor also in that if buying ugly produce is working for you, oh, then keep doing what you're doing. That's how food systems are supposed to work. You're, you're supposed to get what you want. But I don't want you to feel obligated to buy ugly produce because someone told you that it's good for the planet or it's saving small farmers or it's saving the world. It's not. It, you're literally just supporting someone's business model. Again, that's not a problem if you understand that that's what you're doing. So what does fix the food waste problem? Part of it, in my opinion, comes with buying local and growing your own. So one main reason behind eating fresh foods and why the push for sort of the sustainable food movement happened um, is to preserve the nutrients. And I've talked about this before. The fresh stuff in your grocery has been shipped in from who knows where and has likely lost a lot of the nutrients. In that instance, you're actually more likely getting more nutrients from the frozen version. But if you're shopping at your farmer's market, where it's been grown locally and picked just before getting to the market, then you're getting the nutritional bang for your buck that you're looking for. And the same goes with growing your own. It's also going to last longer once you get it home because it's been off the plant for a shorter amount of time. So it's giving you more time to get around to eating that lettuce before it turns into some weird brown mush in the back of your crisper drawer. Another way to help reduce food waste is to use our best judgment when it comes to what's good and what's not. 
I don't know if you know this or not, but the expiration dates that we commonly see on packaged foods and sometimes on fresh foods as well, the ones that say sell by or best by or use by or best before, don't represent any regulated or standardized system of food safety. It's, it's literally up to the manufacturer what they decide to put on there. And most instances, it's based on what their idea of the freshness of that item is. And a lot of people really carefully check these dates and they throw out anything that says it's past that date, even if it totally looks fine to eat. And compounding that is that Okay, so consumers don't want to buy items that are close to those dates. So supermarkets often won't accept perfectly good food from suppliers that may be close to that date. Or they already have them and they'll toss them to make room for new inventory. It's horribly wasteful. So one thing to do is if you're going to eat an item soon anyway, buy that thing that's close to the best buy date and save it from going in the trash. And then just use your own best judgment as to whether or not something is still good or not. Don't just swear by that best buy or use by date that might be on the package. And one other thing is to just be more mindful of our shopping habits and our meal portions and just understanding that food waste is a problem and that we can do something to help just in our own little corners, because the rest of it is really up to the agricultural community. And that, my friends, is a whole other topic for a whole other episode. So don't be convinced that buying so-called ugly produce is somehow saving food from being wasted directly from the farms that grow it, or that you are somehow saving your small farmers by buying this ugly produce. There are a lot more complexities in that whole subject that can be covered in just one podcast episode. Just try to do your part in your own kitchen to battle food waste, and you'll be helping more than you know. And if you're interested, there's an organization who has slated Stop Food Waste Day as April 28th. That's coming up. You can go to stopfoodwasteday.com to learn more about their virtual event, find food waste guides, and even recipes to save your expiring food from the landfill. So that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to reach out with your gardening questions for our next Can You Dig It episode coming up. You can use the link in the show notes to leave me a voice message. You can send me an email to grow at justgrowsomethingpodcast.com, or you can use the contact page on the website, justgrowsomethingpodcast.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your feedback on this episode and your take on uh, the whole food waste issue. I also encourage you to go ahead and follow us on our our Instagram page, uh, Just Grow Something Podcast. I'm slowly getting um, the images for all of the past episodes up there, but it's also peppered with some other things, pictures from uh, my own home garden and stuff here on the farm. And uh, we'll be a little bit more active out there as, as time goes on. So I encourage you to go ahead and go give it a follow. As always, my gardening friends, I look forward to talking to you again next Tuesday for our next Garden Talk Tuesday episode. And until then, keep on cultivating that dream garden and I will talk to you soon. You just finished another episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. I hope these episodes are helping you understand more about how to grow your own food and maybe growing an awareness of food issues in general. Just remember, no matter where you live or what you have, you can absolutely grow something.